Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That was my Friday night, just shaving my chest. <laughs> it was pretty great. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I'm Heather B. Armstrong. And I am John R. Bray. We are recording a few days later than normal. Quite a few days later than normal. Yes, we are. Due to <laughs> due to <laughs> an incident. <laughs> it, yeah, that's a good word I'm for sorry, it. I'm not laughing. No, I'm sorry, it's, I'm not laughing. That's kind of how I look back. I mean, there's, you know, there's the humor in it. And for anyone who follows me on on Instagram or really Instagram stories, I suppose, has probably figured out what is going on or what went on rather. But I had a brief detour to the hospital at the end of last let week. Me, let me get let me just read the text that you sent me. Um, need to cancel. Blacked out at a Starbucks on my way to the ER. Not joking. For now, I'm fine. <laughs> yep, that was definitely in the back of an ambulance. Oh, my God. I, I was actually running. I was illegally running stairs at the time. When I, when I texted? When I, yes. Oh, wow. And um, so I was, like, trying to run down the stairs and text at the same time. And I'm like, I'm going to end up in the ER, too, if I continue to try this. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, what happened? Uh, you know... I would love, I would love to know exactly what happened, but it was, it's so weird because everything about last week and everything about Thursday were, was exactly the same as it always is. I mean, we've talked so many times on this podcast about how routine our mornings are and our days are because that's how we structure them and everything about it was routine. Um, but I realized after dropping Lexton off at school that I didn't have any coffee at home. So I decided I would go and get coffee at Starbucks and I would sit there for an hour or two before I had to make uh, a few calls. So I got there and I was sitting at a table just writing on my laptop. And I remember very clearly thinking, and I had, I have to add, I had only had like half of a coffee, not even. So it, it had nothing to do with caffeine. I had almost no coffee at all. And I remember feeling a little bit dizzy and just thinking, that's kind of odd. I feel a little bit dizzy. I'll sit up straight. I'll take a, take a drink of coffee. I'll, you know, whatever. And then I remember feeling really dizzy, like the feeling just got amplified. And then the next thing I knew, I opened my eyes and I was sitting on the floor and there was a woman's voice in my right ear saying, don't try to get up. Don't try to get up. Don't try to get up. And it was incredibly disorienting because for one, I had blacked out. So that's disorienting in itself. But then when you go from having a particular vantage point, like from sitting at a table and looking out to sitting on the ground and seeing only underneath the tables and chair legs and people's legs, it's really disorienting. Like just, and there's, there's the woman beside me who just so happened to be a former ER nurse. I don't know how that happened. She was at Starbucks at the same time. 
And then there was a barista on the phone with the EMTs and there was another barista and there was another guy there because I guess this woman, the way that she describes it is she saw me kind of just pass out in my chair and she got up and grabbed this other guy and ran over and like set me onto the ground so I didn't fall and hit anything. So he's there and I come to and the, the EMTs and of course it's in the morning at a Starbucks. So it's incredibly busy. So there's people like absolutely everywhere and the EMTs come in and everyone was great, but they come in and they're like pulling my shirt up and sticking all these leads onto my chest. And immediately you've got like 10,000 questions to answer. And I, I declined originally, I declined the ambulance because this is a, this is a fucking terrible reason to decline the ambulance, but I know how much ambulance costs and I have insurance, but it, it sucks. It's terrible insurance. And they don't really like to cover ambulance rides usually. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no. And and all I when they said you know you can you know we we recommend taking the ambulance you don't have to I'm like oh hell no because that's going to be a thousand dollars or more I don't I'd rather just call someone and have them have them come get me and then they hooked up like a twelve lead EKG and took the reading and both like both the EMTs they looked at each other and then looked back at me and they're like we really think you should come in the ambulance oh my god like there's some irregularities on this and they said it might be nothing but. If you're with us and it's not nothing, we can do something about it. So I just agreed, got in the ambulance, had a great talk with the EMT about mochas. <laughs> so that was fun. Like all about mochas and how addicting Starbucks is and all that. And then ended up at the ER for a while where they had me do this. And no, still no one really knows exactly what caused it. Like every every time a new person would see me, the comment was like, you're way too young to be here and you run. What happened? Like every, every single person. So they had me do these, what are they called? Orthostatic vitals, which is basically you lay down and they monitor your, your blood pressure and your heart rate. And then you stand up and they check your blood pressure and heart rate. And then you stay standing for three minutes and they check it again, basically to see if your heart can accommodate that change to be able to pump blood evenly. And the laying down test was fine. The initial standing test was fine. And then after about two minutes, my heart rate plummeted to like the high 20s. What? And I got extremely dizzy again and had to lay down. And that happened twice at the hospital. The low 20s? And no, it was the high, was the high 20s, oh, the high, like 27. Oh, high 20s. Which apparently is pretty low, you know. <laughs> and and it's, it's, this, it's an incredibly weird feeling to be standing there. And, you know, you can watch the monitor and to just see your heartbeat just suddenly start dropping by like five beats per minute, like every two seconds. And then you get really dizzy. And according to other people in the room, then I get really white and my eyes roll back in my head and it's a great time. And this has never happened to me ever. So of course, as soon as that happens once in the ER, the doctor comes walking in. He's like, you're staying overnight. There's no way I can let you go after watching that happen on the monitor. Oh my God. And this is, I don't know, like 11 o'clock on Thursday. And all I can think I have, I have meetings I have to cancel. I've got Lexton I have to pick up. I'm still thinking about how expensive the ambulance was, which is probably now only a fraction of the cost of the ER. And all of that is a whole separate discussion because you should not ever have to go through a medical emergency and think about how much it's going to cost you. Being preoccupied with the financial aspect of it. Exactly. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, honestly, it's absolutely insane. 
I mean, this is this is the perfect example of um, people saying, "Well, I don't want to have to pay for your illness for 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 you for you not taking care of yourself." When you're 32 years old, you run religiously, uh, you take really really good care of yourself, and here comes this mystery thing that basically knocks you on your ass. Exactly. And even I was when I was sitting in the ambulance, I told the EMT, you know, he was just kind of asking me generally, you know, how are you feeling? You doing okay? And I said, yeah, honestly, the only thing I'm really worried about right now is how much this is going to cost. And he goes, oh, man, you, you know, you don't need to, you, re- you really don't need to, to stress out about that right now. And I just looked at him. I didn't even say anything. I just looked at him. He goes, yeah, it's bullshit. I know. <laughs> like, just flat out. Like, even they know. Because everyone's kind of in the same boat. I mean, there's a certain point, even with awesome insurance, shit is expensive. Yes. Like, just in general. I mean, they charge you for every cotton ball they use in the ER. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every yeah. every Advil that they give you, they charge you like 10 or $12 for it. Yep. Yeah. And, that, and that was, it's funny you say that because they gave me like four Advil in the ambulance. And he's like, just take these and chew them. And so I took them. And as soon as I swallowed, it was like, son of a bitch. Why? Why did I have to take those? I, just, I, didn't, I can just see the numbers. I just like $70. Shit. <laughs> yeah. That I had in my medicine cabinet for like. 40 cents. But so I get there, I end up there overnight as a fall risk because if I stand, I get dizzy and then I fall. And that was awesome. Like EKG and echo and they, what did they, what else did they check? Some sort of cardiac enzyme for like heart attack in the event that that's what it was. And basically what it amounted to is it was just one night. I was discharged the following day and my, my last conversation with my doctor was your echo looked fantastic. Your EKG looked fantastic. All of your numbers that came back were, were flawless. It's like, there was one number that could possibly show you were maybe leaning toward dehydration. He's like, that doesn't have anything to do with this, but that's the only thing that was bad. It's like, so I can't, I can't justify keeping you here. There's no other tests we can really do. So we're going to discharge you with a, with a monitor. And then have you come back in and have a consult with a cardiologist. Do you remain hydrated normally? I do. I mean, I've never had issues with dehydration. I mean, the, the only thing in terms of the dehydration that I can think of is I had been running every single day for like f- almost 45 days. Oh my God. Um, which is, but, and th- this is something that I think actually probably contributed because I had been running every day for 45 days up until the end of September. And then I stopped intentionally and just went to like an every other day schedule. And it was four days after that, that this happened. So I trying to figure out if somehow there's a correlation. I mean, it's not like I was running excessive distances or tons of long runs or anything, but I just wonder if, if it was some sort of weird transitional shock for the body to go from, you know, four and a half to five miles every single day to not to not why did you intentionally stop uh originally i just set some arbitrary goal to run for an entire calendar month for i don't know for no reason but i started actually running every day in the middle of august so the next full calendar month was september so i just ran from like mid-august all the way through the month of september and then decided well i'm not going to run every day anymore. And in part it's, it's getting, it's dark so late in the morning here now Mm -hmm. that it's hard for me to go before Lexton goes to school. Right. And I don't have time when he's at school. 
or when I, after I pick them up and it's, you know, the, the typical post school routine of chaos. So it just made sense to, to go back to an every other day. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was crazy. That is, I've never, this was the first time I've ever, uh, been overnight in a hospital. It's my second time in my life in a hospital. When was the first? I was like 10. I broke my foot and that was really only the ER. Yeah. I've never stayed overnight. In, well, I've, I stayed overnight because of giving birth, but not because of a, a medical emergency like, like that. And that must be, I don't know. Like, I mean, was it cold? Was it dark? Was it lonely? It was most definitely lonely. This was, this was an excellent experience. If you're looking for a way to highlight loneliness, <laughs> I highly suggest a medical emergency because it's, it's, I mean, I, I have a lot of family. I have a lot of, you know, incredible friends and I was able to text a lot of people and, you know, keep people posted, but that's about it. Yeah. Like, you know. People, there's, there's really no need for people to fly across the country to see me for one night in a hospital. And you just suddenly realize how kind of void your life is. And hospitals are, it's just, it's not hot or cold. It's just kind of bland. And fortunately my room, um, my heart was being tracked like at the nurse's station. So there was no beeping in my room, but you can hear like just the steady beep of these heart monitors or whatever they are, you know, periodically. And you've got the nurses coming in to, to wake you up and make sure that you have this or to check vitals or to do that. And it's very strange. And you've got, you know, an IV port in one arm and this like big monitor strapped to your body. So there's really no good position to be in and watched a lot of HGTV. (sighs) Yeah, it was, and it's, I have to say, I mean, this is, like I said, the only time it's happened, but I think it's really strange to go through this and for the most part, feel totally normal and not really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, like if some, if something really bad happens and you know what it is and you're there for it, I think at least you can kind of mentally like acknowledge why you're there and what's going on. But when it's a total mystery, there was one, my first conversation with my doctor, he went through probably 10 or 15 things that it could be, but it's not because of these factors. Like initially I could think it's this, but it's not because of this. And then I could think it might be this, but it's not because we did this test. Like basically he sat down and gave me a whole list of all the possible options that it's not. <laughs> and then, and then mentioned at one point, this was awesome. He had two, two hypotheses. One is that my heart was too muscular, so it wasn't able to expand and contract like it should. I mean, that could contribute, and they were going to find out if that was the case in the echo, and that wasn't. The other option is that I had, oh, what the hell is it? A sick node of some kind, I don't know, where the electric impulse enters the heart. And he's super matter of fact. And he's like, and if that's the case, then we just give you a pacemaker. Oh my God. I'm like, I'm 33. So. That does not seem that simple to me. I don't really, really want a pacemaker. Fortunately, that wasn't the case. But as like throughout that entire almost 48 hour period, that was the only thing I could think about. Like, great. I could be in my young thirties and require a pacemaker after like 33 years of heart health. That has just got to be so frightening. Yeah. I mean, silver lining. I didn't, I didn't have to get a 
pacemaker. I got to sit in the hospital bed and drink some ginger ale. You were also so, in the um, hospital where... <laughs> I did. Yes, I will say I was not entirely alone. <laughs> this was such a surreal, such a surreal experience. I asked, and I something... asked you, I'm like, do you have anybody there with you? And you're like, guess <laughs> who is here with me? <laughs> yeah, so Heather was there um, for 12 hours, almost straight. Um, because she's one of the only people that I know who lives close. And obviously if I can't, you know, if I can't pick up Lexton and he can't stay at home that night, then she has to know. So I, I texted her and said, you know, go to the ER. I'm fine, but you need to know. She was like, I'll be right there. And I'm pretty sure she beat me to the ER. <laughs> I don't know how, but she did. And that was really strange. And, and all, you know, they, like the doctors and nurses, when they come in and talk to you, if there's people in the room, they make sure that they can have this conversation with these other people there. So they would always walk in and like, you know, is it okay to have this conversation? I'd say yes. And they'd say, oh, is this, you know, is this your wife, girlfriend? I'm like, no, this is my ex actually, but go ahead. Just, let's just have this conversation. And it's. I actually had a nurse. I, the only the only male nurse I had was in the ER, and there was a there was like a ten minute period. I don't even remember why where where Heather had left, and and we had been talking, and he has he has kids, and you know he knew about Lexton, and and all of a sudden he's like, so is this like your your wife? Are you guys getting married? And I like his name was Jim, and I said, no, Jim, this is the best part. That's my ex. <laughs> Today fucking blows. And he he lost it. He he was like in tears when he left the room. He was like, oh shit, man, really? Oh God. So at least I knew I wasn't alone in in that awkward feeling. I mean, I it's not that I'm ungrateful. It was it was very nice to have someone there that I knew. And as I've said before, she's a nurse. And although I think this is total bullshit, I think I was given clearer answers because she's a nurse and they knew that. Right. Because there she were times would. where they would, they would present, they would tell me something that was sort of like this half-ass answer. And, and Heather would jump in with a very pointed question and they'd kind of look at her. She'd be like, yeah, I'm a nurse. And then they would give me the expanded answer with all of the information not that it was like over my head that they were trying to spare me from some sort of like medical jargon. It's just, they don't, they don't give you all the information. Mm. God, it was weird to sit there in this bed. It's and awkward. Look out and be like, yeah, why this, you're the person who's here. Like what has happened to my life? <laughs> why? You're not being ungrateful. I think anybody would find that a little awkward given the circumstances, but between the yeah. two of you. Yeah. Yeah. I just, can't I cannot possibly ugh. imagine being in the ER and having John Armstrong be the person there for me. Like that is that would be weird. It'd be weird. Really, really, really weird. First of all, he doesn't live here. <laughs> yeah, so that would be that would mean he took a plane. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's odd. I mean, there was there were times where I was thinking like this is at least there's someone here. Like at least there's another body here. Yeah. That's not a nurse, that's not, you know, part of this medical team taking care of me. But then there were honestly other times where I would I'd be sitting there and I'm like, "Can you just can you just go?" <laughs> like just leave. Like you don't need we don't have this sort of connection anymore. Like, I I really appreciate it, but it just I don't understand why you're here. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's just strange. And then of course it's really the whole situation is really weird for Lexton because you know, I pick him up every day. And his grandparents picked him up and had to tell him, you know, that I was in the hospital. So he came and actually saw me that night. And he's, you know, he's thirteen, so he was playing it cool. Like everything's fine. Yeah, no, I know you're okay. It's okay. It's totally okay. And then before he left, he said, well, you can come over and give me a hug. And he kind of paused and like walked over to the side of the bed and just rubbed my shoulder. It's like, okay, good night. <laughs> that was it. Like that was, that was as close as he could get. And I'm not even hooked up. Like I had a port in my arm, but there was nothing connected to it. You couldn't really see it. It was really just me and I in a gown in a bed. But I, I think just, it's, yeah, you that's see, weird for him. Yeah. Well, you, I think it makes your... I think kids automatically see their parents as essentially invincible. Mm-hmm. So to all of a sudden come into a room and realize that this person that you've thought is invincible is incredibly vulnerable has got to be a really unnerving experience. Right. So that's why I couldn't really record. The that, that little trip to the ER is the reason that you couldn't record several days ago. Oh my God. Yeah. It really, it really threw off my week. Uh-huh. Not going not gonna to lie. <laughs> You don't, uh, you don't plan on that. <laughs> it's interesting that because it was a year ago Sunday that we ran the marathon together. And, yes. Uh, like if, if this had been a year ago, like they probably would have advised you not to do it. I'm sure they would have. That's the thing with all of this is I kind of expected to leave with this heart monitor and them to say, you should probably not run for a while. You should probably cut back on the coffee, something. And when I was being discharged, I asked the nurse. She And she seriously looked at me. She's like, no, go to town. She's like, don't hold back. Run as much as you want. Drink coffee. She's like, if you drink alcohol, you can still have a drink. Do whatever you need to do. She's like, if something is going to happen, you've got the monitor on. So at least then we can kind of start to piece things together. So did the monitor, does it like transmit to the hospital or does it record something at, at, on your person or? No, it records I, from my understanding. And that's what's weird. It's not like live tracked. So if something happened, they're really not going to find out for like two weeks. But it records every heartbeat and then periodically throughout the day downloads it to some, I don't know, a cloud somewhere at some medical company. And then when it's done monitoring, when my, it's a 14 day monitor, when that's done, then it gets sent to the cardiologist and and he reviews it. Okay. And if if something were to happen, if I had an episode of dizziness or whatever, you know, I can also push a button and like interact with this. Now the second smartphone I have to carry around that pops up all these questions, you know, what did you feel? When did you feel it? Yada, 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 which fortunately I haven't had to use. So that's good. <sighs> but it was going to be a, a 30 day. Originally, that's what they oh, were really? put me on. And then I said, that's fine. You guys just need to help me understand how it's going to work when I go to Hong Kong. 
That's and I'm like, right. oh, yeah, it doesn't. So you can't have the 30 day. <laughs> oh, great. And it's it funny doesn't. because it's an eight, like the, the smartphone is an AT&T phone. My phone is an AT&T phone. I would think they could find a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. Like on roaming. I don't, I don't understand why they can't, but I'm not going to complain because these chest leads are itchy as all hell. Okay. So how long you have to wear until this coming Thursday? I have to wear it. So what is today's Tuesday? So I have to have these on for another like 11 days. Oh man. Yep. So they don't, they didn't stick well to me because chest hair prevents that. <laughs> you, you didn't get waxed before? <laughs> no. So in the hospital, they had me, they're like, well, they're not going to stick. So we need you to, to shave your chest just in these patches. So they gave me like a sing, like a, like a double blade disposable razor. Oh God. Dry. Oh my God. I'm like, here you go. No. So I kind of like hack away at these little patches. And then when they came in to do the other one, the nurse, she's like, you know, when you get home, you just need to shave your chest because you're going to have to move these around. It's going to become miserable to take them off. They're not going to stick. So Thursday, end up in the hospital. Friday, that was my Friday night, just shaving my chest. <laughs> it was pretty great. We're so, we circling back to your nipples. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. The month of October is is a is it's a bad month age. for my chest, honestly. <laughs> It's it's terrible. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. That is true. So, so we could use my nipples as a transition yes, into that. You shaved your chest. I did. Oof. So Does, that is itchy. The leads are itchy. Like there's already like red circles on my chest from the leads, like <laughs> from pulling them off. It's it's awful. So it's been a really a really great experience thus far. Because this is what you needed was, you know, you needed an ER medical emergency scare thrown into your your week, especially leading up to leaving the country for a week. Exactly. Yeah. It was exactly what you needed. It was perfect timing. So you will stop wearing them before you leave for Hong Kong? I will, either the night before or the morning of, and then I have to... Return the the monitor. So it's like I take take the take the leads off and get on a plane. Okay, so we were talking about this right before we hit record about. So you've never been on a, a flight for fifteen hours. No. no, the longest flight was like eight, I think. Yeah, you're gonna get a lot of advice from people about what to do. Um, yes, I have seen. Most of the movies that I have seen in the last five years, I've seen on international flights. So you just you just binge movies? I binge movies. I binged um, the first season of True Detective on the way to Thailand. And okay. then on the way back from Thailand. I watched the whole season. Was that in 2015? 2014. 14, okay. Because you recommended that show to me in 2015. That's the only reason yeah. I asked. Um, like I, like three or four movies in a row, you know, uh, if you're not, if you're not that tired, it's like, I mean, for me, the 15 hour flight was always something welcome because I wasn't attending to a child. Um, I really can't work in the, on an international flight that I don't know what it is about the conditions and it, they jam those people on those planes. Those planes are huge and there's a ton of people on those planes. Oh Yeah. 
Uh, so watch watch movies. That's sure. probably what I will do. Mm-hmm. Assuming I don't pass out. <laughs> I know. My, as I'm as I'm leaving the hospital, I was talking to the nurse about it, and she kind of laughed. She said, "Well, just wait until after you take off, and then let your seatmate know that if you black out, they just need to lift your legs above your head." <laughs> like, great! That's that's a really awesome idea. Lift your legs above your head. That would be very yeah. easy for someone to do. You're what six right. foot? Six foot? How long? Six I, I'm six foot, two? but I mean, I'm in a, a airplane seat. Right. I mean, I feel like faking it just to see if they could actually accomplish the task. There's but I'm a, probably going to end up binge watching. I can't. I mean, I've only done two. Well, I guess one round trip international, but on the way there, it's overnight, so the whole plane is dark. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that was what kind of prevented me from being effective on my laptop because yeah. it just doesn't feel right. Yes. Like I know you can turn your light on and whatever, but it feels really weird because the whole plane is dark and quiet. And I don't know. It just, it's hard. I'm probably going to binge watch. Some people have told me to take whatever I can and completely pass out because it's such a long flight. But the problem with that is then you land at like, 8 or 9 p.m. local time. And if you've slept the whole way, there's no way you're going to sleep. Well, that's true and not true. I guess for some people, it just depends. I mean, it'll it's going to take it'll take uh, quite a bit out of you physically just flying for that long and sitting and then going through customs and all of that. That will take it out of you. And if you get there and stay a little bit late and then take something again, you'll probably sleep through the night. Really? But yeah, because it really, those those long flights are are brutal physically. And I've done them a lot. And I'm not, I'm, you know, I mean, and I'm in pretty good health and I get off those planes and it's like, oh, I feel completely beaten up. And especially as you get your luggage and you walk through customs and you, it's just like, oh my God, just let me just go lie down for a minute. Um, because the sleep that you get on the plane too is not really restful sleep. No, no, that's true, I guess. And I don't know, do you know what airline you're flying? Yes. What is it? Um, Cathay Pacific, I believe. I do. Which is like Americans international partner, maybe. I mean, if if you do intend to sleep, I would take an eye mask and earplugs. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those are critical for me and on international flights, if I'm going to sleep. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. If someone told me I had to sit in a chair at my house for 15 hours, <laughs> I, would, I would become anxious. Like, even in my house. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Really not looking forward to it. Excited to go. It will be fun. There's also a thing called MetaJet Assist. I think that's what it's called. It's uh, travel insurance for medical emergencies. I got it just because I was traveling in one year. I had traveled to like, you know, seven or eight different countries. Um, I don't, I'm, and it's, it's not that expensive, but it is something to think about. Like they'll come in and they'll get you. <laughs> like if something happens overseas? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Metajet Assist. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. I guess it can't hurt. It can't hurt to to take a look at it. I mean, most of the time I got it because I was going into developing countries where access to medical care wasn't necessarily easy. Hong Kong, I would think, would probably be like, it's easier to get access there than it is in Haiti. Right. Yeah. Right. Because we don't want you... We don't want your heart rate dropping to 20 and you waking up in the middle of a, of a, of a market where you don't speak the language. <laughs> exactly. Or, or even read the language. It's probably at least worth looking into as long as it's not cost prohibitive, but stuff like that. And actually it looks like they have short-term options too. So yeah. stuff like that isn't typically that bad, but like all insurance, I think like it, you only need it when you don't have it. Yep. So, except for my terrible health insurance, I have it and I and I used it. I don't even think dental insurance covers orthodontic care, does it? No. Yeah. At least the dental insurance I've always had has not. So I don't even have dental insurance. The dental plan on my insurance is like, it costs way, way less just to pay out of pocket than the actual premium. Which is so messed up because dental insurance, even good dental insurance is not great. Neither is eye care, like eye care insurance. This is the thing that, oh, this is so weird. Is that like your eyes and your teeth? Like (laughs) your eyes and your teeth are pretty fucking important parts of your body, you know? And all of the premiums that I pay for eye care for my kids are way, way, way higher than for any other kind of care. And they will only cover up to a very specific amount. And then... And then I don't have dental insurance at all. I took them to get, I took them to a consultation for orthodontic care last week. We had talked about my. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Um, did it, did it go well? It went well. It is so super expensive. Yeah. Yes, it is. <sighs> is it braces? Is that what they're. Yeah. Braces. For both. Uh, not yet for Marlo, but they gave okay. me an estimate for Lita, and she's going to go in tomorrow and get fitted. And I've got to budget that out, uh, do a payment Sell plan. all your belongings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you think, okay, I'm caught up, like I've got my budget exactly where I need my budget to be on a monthly basis, and then boom. <laughs> oh, that's when it always ER. happens, yeah. Boom, there's an ambulance to the ER. Boom, my child's teeth need, you know, major work. Yeah. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. There's never, there's just never a break. Yeah. I made, I made the comment. I think, I think this was even before the ER. Maybe this, maybe the ER was punishment. And it was like, I think it was, I think it was the night before. I think it was Wednesday. And we had just gotten home. Like he had tutoring and school and everything. And we just got home. And I remember it was like, God, why do we have to eat dinner every night? Like, can we just not eat one meal? Just one meal. Because I feel like it's just like, there's always, it's always just constant. Like you're preparing this or cleaning up that, or then preparing this or cleaning up that or preparing this or cleaning up that. Like you're always in this stupid rut. Yeah. Last year in the depths of 2016 depression, that, that was one of the things that really, really ground me down was like, fuck, if I have to unload the dishwasher one more time, please just, God, how do my kids go through so many goddamn cups? What is the cup situation? Stop using cups. Use the same cup. And and then like, oh gosh, I've got to fix a meal and I got to clean up the meal and then the laundry. And it's just this like this Sisyphean state that we sometimes get into. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's really easy to let it spiral. Like there's, there's one thing that will trigger it. And then it just is this ongoing, like thing A sucks. Therefore thing B sucks and thing C sucks. And then you just, then you end up in the ER. Mm Mm-hmm. Or, I didn't even get to know. finish my coffee. You didn't even get to finish your coffee. Didn't, you, didn't even get to finish it. <laughs> oh my god! Ugh. The the and the barista, she was so great. I actually went in two days after to fu- to to find her and just let her know, like, a I'm okay, and b thank you for being awesome. But before I left in the ambulance, she was like, "Do you want to take a pastry to go?" <laughs> do you want something you can eat and i said no and as soon as they closed the ambulance door i was like damn it i would have loved a pastry like that yeah. would have made this ambulance ride so much better it would have momentarily distracted you from the cost <laughs> from the 70 dollar aspirin that i was inhaling yeah <laughs> yeah god. oh my god oh. i mean but i wasn't driving when it happened which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I wasn't running when it happened. I wasn't at home alone when it happened. Because wait a minute, that's the wait other a minute, weird wait thing. Wait a minute, wait a minute. This is you being positive and looking at the positive aspects of this. I know, I know. It's, it's really out of character. But because they don't actually know what happened, the really unnerving thing is, I don't know if I would have, like how long it would have taken me to come to or if I would have come to if there weren't people there. Right. I, but as you were describing that whole scene to me, I became extraordinarily self-conscious thinking about all of those people looking at me and wondering what happened. And Oh, yeah. Um, I, th- I don't know if I talked about this. I was at the grocery store and I walked out of the grocery store just as a woman fell. Uh, those little parking cement things at the at the at the head of a parking space, like the yellow parking. Oh yeah, like the things on the ground. Yeah. yeah. She tripped on it and hit her head and, and mouth on the concrete. Oh God. Yeah. Um, and she didn't speak any English. And a man and I were there and we we sat her up and you know, I called nine one one. I called an ambulance. Um, 
but you know, like a whole crowd gathers and then she's got these two strange people who are standing next to her. Like I'm holding her, I'm just like, like rubbing her arm and letting her know that it's going to be okay. And then there's all these people around, there's blood, you know, and then of course the ambulance shows up and it's like a fucking party, you know, there's like 70 people running around and oh, yeah. being the center of that attention, I would imagine is extremely, probably it, it could potentially be uncomfortable, I guess, if you're not, if you're not in shock. I think she was pretty much in shock. Right. And I think the one thing that I remember, which was kind of interesting is, and I'm sure people were watching, but I didn't feel like it was a really captivated audience. For one, probably because there was no blood. So it was just boring. Just some weird guy who passed out. But even like there was a lady who was sitting beside me on the ground, who was the former nurse, and the guy who helped helped her set me on the ground. And I, when I came to... He just asked me, he said, are you okay? Do you need anything else? And I said, no. And he left. Like, that was it. He didn't linger to wait for the EMTs and watch and find out what happened. He just, like, made sure that he wasn't needed anymore, and that was it. And that was kind of nice. Because hmm. you do feel very exposed. I mean, you're automatically very exposed because you've got, like, all the EMTs that are prodding you and putting this stuff on and doing things. And it's all in public. And it's just, it's a weird, it's a bizarre experience. It is a bizarre experience. And I, I remember I wasn't going to leave her because she was, she was hysterical and she was just, and I think that she too is thinking quite a bit about the cost of it. That's just my complete assumption, but she's just like rocking back and forth, you know, my leg, my leg, my head, my head. Oh and, yeah. And then the. Not that EMTs, I mean, they, they deal with this stuff all the time, but they were just like, ma'am, and they're speaking to her really harshly, like, ma'am, we need, we have to put you on the stretcher. And she's like, she's hysterical. And they're like- And she doesn't to, speak English. No. And they're like, you need yeah. to calm down. We have to get you on the stretcher. And I wanted to go, just be a little bit nicer. Yeah. <laughs> she needs, she needs like some warmth in her life right now at this very moment. And- but yeah, I'm sure they, they have to deal with this all the time where they're like, okay, we got to put this foreign body on this stretcher and get it to the back of the car. Right. For them, it's just so, so, so routine. Mm -hmm. Everything about it is just such an exposing and unnerving experience. Yes. I mean, I highly recommend if you're going to pass out that you do it at Starbucks because they are on their shit. <laughs> like, they know what's going on. They've probably seen a lot of that, a lot of that go down. I mean, God, I don't know. It was. You got your coffee tweakers in there. <laughs> yes. That was the, like the first question when the EMT is like, okay, how much coffee have you had? Like, <laughs> none, like hardly any at all. That's what I can't explain. You're, you're like, I am the most moderate person who ever existed. Yeah, I'm like, I this, am is, moderation. this is not excess. I am the definition of moderation. <laughs> it's just. And it, what's what's super ironic about that is, I don't know, maybe, I don't know who goes to Starbucks except everybody, but they've got like the tall as they're small, you know, but then they've got the one size below that. That's a short, it's like eight ounces. And specifically that morning, I was like, I'm just going to get a short. I'm not here that long. I don't need that much coffee. And I drank half of my short. So seriously, four ounces of coffee. That was it. Wow. 
So I don't know if maybe I needed more. Maybe that <laughs> I mean, was I the know, problem. I know people who do like six cups a day. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I can't, and, and normally I would do more than that. I would do a couple cups of coffee in the morning. So it's not like I never drink coffee and had some and my body freaked out or it was way less than normal, but it was, it was less than what I would normally have. So bizarre though. Yeah. Really just, it really just throws off everything. It does. Do they give you any pain medication or anything? No, because nothing hurt. Yeah. And I did, and I hadn't fallen, so I didn't hit anything. So like literally nothing felt weird to me. That's what, I mean, I, not that I want something to be wrong, but that's what's sort of frustrating to leave the hospital with like a, a mystery. Right. Like, well, we'll see if we can find something. And I, I fully acknowledge that this could be like a one-time occurrence that never happens again. It's fine. But it's weird. I don't want it to happen again. No. Definitely don't want to end up in a hospital in Hong Kong. No. I once, I was at a 4th of July party and uh, with a very, 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 very old trampoline and did a back <laughs> handspring on the trampoline and it threw me off the trampoline. <laughs> How old were you? I was um, 33. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I could have died for sure. I could have broken my neck for sure. I was in a lot of pain. I was in excruciating pain. Like, I really, really fucked up my back. Um, didn't call an ambulance, just went to the ER. And it's it's awkward because they're coming in and they're looking. You know, I'm, in, I'm in, you know, the robe. And they're looking at my butt and my back where I had hit this brick. And it's like having all, having all these people inspect and look at me and like, I, I don't like being that center of attention at all. No. And they did some x-rays and I was fine. And, but they did give me, um, I think, I think it was oxy. Um, okay. now I don't, I do not like, I am, I do not like opiates or opioids. I do not do well with them at all. They make me physically very ill, but I was in a lot of pain and, took a couple of them and it was amazing (laughs) (laughs) suddenly nothing mattered i think it was probably because i was in so much pain that it worked that it overrode my like usually it makes usually i get i start throwing up if i take those things i think i was in so much pain that it overrode those sensations and it was like oh this is why people are addicted to these things because everything's amazing (laughs) Anyone can look at my butt. I don't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you there's that vulnerability, but there's also at least for me like I and I've always been this way, but even more so now that it's just me is I'm incredibly independent. So to have other people doing things for you and have to do things for you. Mhm. It just I hate having to push the the bedside light like can I have can I have some more water? <laughs> I would love to just get up and get the damn water. We're so used to having our lives to ourselves. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. And then as I watch her hang up the sign for like high fall risk, and then I get the yellow, <laughs> the yellow like wristband for fall risk. 
and she starts writing on the like the chart on the wall about me not being able to get up. Oh my god! I remember I... she's writing, and I'm like, "What if I have to use the bathroom?" It's like, well, then two of us will have to come in here and assist you. Oh my god! Oh my god! Is it okay? You mean just like watch me go into the bathroom and wait for me? It's like, oh no, you can't even go into the bathroom. Oh my god! Like, oh, awesome! So you get to use a urinal, which is which is a lot of fun. Peeing well, in people... a jug. Oh god. Wait. With two nurses in the Watch room with you? me. Well, they they turned, okay. but they they <laughs> they tie like this belt around your waist to give them something to to grab in the event that you fall or pass okay. out. So they tie it around my waist, and then they both kind of turn around, and I'm doing my thing, and then I feel one of their hands like casually grab the belt, <laughs> and I immediately I'm like, I'm not I'm not falling, I'm good. She's like, I know, I know. I ha- I'm not looking. I just have to keep my hand there so I can like feel her hand on my like on my lower back as I'm trying to pee. Yeah. And finally, I'm st- I stood there for like two minutes, and finally, I was just like, "This is not going to work." Stage fright. Hello. So you guys can go. I don't normally pee with an audience. Like I don't. I'd rather just not pee. I mean, I get it. I totally respect the policies. I understand it, but I don't know. Maybe we should all pee with an audience more often just to be ready. <laughs> High fall risk or pee with an audience. That has to be the title of this episode. Seriously. <laughs> High fall risk. <laughs> You're like, that's my diagnosis. Thanks. Yep. And I watched it was low and she kind of like pondered like medium <laughs> and high. I'm like, just go with medium. Just, just go with medium. She flips it to the red high fall. I'm like, son of a bitch. Yep. So everything, everything you need, like tissue, water, snack, anything you have to call, you know, and I'm so used to doing everything myself that I just didn't. I would just sit there yeah, because I felt bad having someone come in and have to give me water or whatever. So it was an adventure and I got to spend more time in a day with my ex than I've spent since she was not my ex. So. <laughs> oh, it all ties back to Manic Rambling Spiral is what it does. It all it ties does. back. <laughs> it does. It was wild, though. It was wild. And I'm that you sent me that picture from the of you flipping off <laughs> oh, the, the, the bed remote. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I had a pretty good Instagram story. So, in the long run, it's totally worth it. It's totally worth it. Absolutely. Like, you've got to Instagram that shit. I have to say, though, and I'm not, I mean, you know this about me. I'm not the kind of person to really Instagram or share, like, on Twitter or anything, stuff that's actively happening. It's usually, like, stuff that did happen or kind of a vague piece of something. It was so awesome to have... Twitter and Instagram stories to distract me sitting there. Yeah. Oh my God. Like it was amazing. I would imagine because you just get bored. Yeah. I would imagine just sitting there and going over and over and over and over in my head, all the things that I would need to get done, except that I can't get done. Cause I'm sitting in a fucking ER, like getting caught in that loop in my head. <sighs> yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, moving to the, I mean, I didn't want to be there overnight, but moving to the room at least, I was like, okay, good. Now I can get my laptop out. They have Wi-Fi. I can work. <laughs> I can get some stuff done because I felt, I felt fine. It's, mm-hmm. I wasn't like completely exhausted. I wasn't dizzy. Nothing felt bad. So I just got in the, the regular hospital bed and like tipped it up to chair position and got on my laptop because I'm like, I don't, what else am I going to do? I don't, I don't watch TV normally. Right. You know? We are all glad that you were okay. Well, thanks. Me too. Super glad you're okay. When you said that you had passed out, I was like, what? Oh my God, that is not a good sign. That was my reaction when I asked people why I was sitting on the floor. They were like, well, you you passed out at Starbucks. I'm like, oh, shit. But yes, I am okay. Still sort of unknown, but okay. We would, if you guys have any stories similar of finding yourself suddenly sitting upright on the floor of a coffee shop, wondering how the hell did I get down here, um, send us your fun, fun, fun ER ride uh, stories. Um, you can reach us at stories at managramblings.com and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at managramblings. Yes. And if you have any suggestions on how to you know greatly reduce medical bills i'm open yes. to those too mm-hmm. i haven't seen any yet but i'm sure they're going to trickle in for the next eight Ooh. months or so if i were you i'd be very very afraid to open the mail for the next oh month. yeah <laughs> oh yeah it's going to be terrible and i know I'm it's sorry. just going to come in bits and pieces i wish it would just come as like one long but it's going to come in bits and pieces until next time all, let's all try to, to avoid being a high fall risk. <laughs> Admirable. Go ahead goal. and pee with an audience. Peeing with an audience, you know, that may be fun. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.